and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox so you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar, and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. You guys, I know so many of you are new entrepreneurs. You are somebody who has a big dream and a big goal and and a story to tell. And you are stepping into owning your own business. And with that comes a lot of learning curves. I know for me, when I started my own business 12 years ago, I would say I was an employee thinker. (laughs) I was really good at being told what to do and doing it well. I would say, I'm a bloom where I'm planted kind of girl. But then when I became an entrepreneur, I had to then be my own CEO. I had to then figure out what my message was and who to tell it to and how to get the word out and how to create products and how to build a business. And I know that for me, I needed support in doing so. And so our next guest has his own business. He's been a professional photographer for nine years. And now he loves to help entrepreneurs like us with branding, with marketing, helping us to tell our story so people actually listen and sales actually happen. So big Dreamcast, welcome to branding coach, Mike Lloyd. Hello, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to pick your brain today because I think so many businesses start but don't have a honed in message. And you're going to tell us exactly how to do that today. But let's start by sharing a bit of your backstory and how you came to be because you actually graduated from college during the recession. Tell us about this. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) I took 45 units my last year there because I just wanted to get the heck out. And then I graduated and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I actually wanted to teach history. World War II history is my jam. And I took my GRE. I applied for different PhD positions up and down you know, the colleges in California. And all of the professors, they told me, don't do it. Don't go to grad school. Don't get another degree because you'll be too expensive to hire. I'm like, okay, well, the things that I want to do require that degree. And they're like, yeah, so get in at a different position. Go to a private school. There were like workarounds for it. And once you're in, 
go back to school because then they can't fire you for having a higher education later, but they have to pay you more because teachers. I'm like, okay, well, I guess so. Meanwhile, I decided I'd rather just move to France and then figure that out because that didn't really seem like the kind of career path that I wanted. Uh, I wanted to start making money. Not that I didn't want to like put the time and energy into work on something later because like that's that's never a good plan in business. <laughs> it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Well, it's interesting. You had a plan and then everyone is, is advising you not to go that route because the state mm-hmm. of the current economy and you had to pivot. Yeah, totally. And if I would have stuck with that, who knows where I would be right now? I certainly wouldn't be this happy. I mean, I'm I'm assuming just knowing the teacher friends that I have, I would be miserable. And I'm so thankful that not that I like graduated in the recession, but that I was put in that position where I had to make that pivot. Well, I'm glad that they were actually honest with you. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So instead of going down the teacher route, you decided to go to France. Tell me what happened there. Yeah, I love France. Part of the World War II history. I've been all over Europe tons of times with all the veterans and it's an amazing experience. And so like, I want to live out here. I want to be a part of the French culture because I love the food and the history and the language is freaking gorgeous. And I'm like, I got nothing here. I'm not going to put off grad school. I don't have a job lined up. So let's just do this. And I moved out to the West Coast of France. and I taught English for a bit. And it's funny, while I was out there in the, the school where I got certified to teach English as a foreign language, we had to do an exercise on if you could be anything you wanted to be in the world, what would it be? And then design your business card. And I'm like, well... I think I want to be a photographer because I like taking pictures and like all my friends like, Oh, you're really good. You should be a photographer. I had no idea what that meant at the time. And it's funny because it's the same reason people open restaurants that fail and like everything else. Cause like, Oh, you barbecue really well. You should open up a restaurant. Not true, but I didn't know any better. And again, thankfully I didn't know any better because like you, I didn't figure out what any of that important stuff was yet. Ignorance so on fire. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I'm out of money. I had to move back to the States. I had no job. I had nothing. So I, I had nowhere to go but up. So like, I registered a business in 2010. Like, I'm going to figure this out. So tell me about that exercise that they asked you to do. Because I think clarity and, and purpose and strengths and what are you good at is something we don't often actually think about. I know so mm-hmm. many people who don't know what they want and don't know what to do next because they don't know what they want. Yeah. Uh, that they are stuck for years and years. So what is mm-hmm. this exercise you did? I honestly don't remember the details. I should think more about that because that, that was kind of a pivotal time. It, it was really just like learn the business words in French was the point of this thing so that I could communicate with the students. But enough people had got me thinking that I should be a photographer. And then when I got to that point where I actually had to give somebody an answer, even in such inconsequential situation like that, like I could have literally said anything. I want to be an elephant trainer. I don't know. There we go. Like I had to make a choice and then it just clicked. I'm like, well, why not? I I got nothing else. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like you, you pointed out again, like you have to learn all this stuff. You don't know how little clarity you have until you achieve it. And then once that light bulb goes off, you're like, oh, then you can start to work backwards from all these points of discovery, right? It's like how we got the radio and the microwave and penicillin and aspirin. Like These things have been working. We didn't know why or how or what we could do with them. But something happened. Somebody saw a result and then worked backwards to then make sense of all the processes that got to that that result. And I really feel like that's how it is 
with finding clarity in your business. It's like dating. You don't know what are red flags and deal breakers until you get them. And you're like, okay, never doing that again. That's a non-negotiable at this point. Uh, I really feel like that's how, how business goes. But having somebody there with you, a coach or a mentor, which I have both, even though I coach and mentor, because you can never stop learning. Having somebody help you see those red flags and those things that you just shouldn't be doing uh, that you should be outsourcing, for example, that is going to save so much time and energy in the long run because they're going to give you those light bulb moments or at least like point to the light bulb so that you can sort of start to have your own realizations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell me your first few years starting as an entrepreneur, as a photographer, what are some mm-hmm. of the biggest lessons you learned? Uh, I had no idea what the hell my clients wanted. I didn't even know what I wanted. I wanted to take cool photos and I wanted to get paid for it, but I didn't know how much photographers make. I didn't know how to set my pricing. I didn't know who I was going to market to because like, well, lots of people need photos and I didn't want to exclude anyone thinking that I was going to be leaving money on the table, which is like business mistake number one. You have to pick an actual target market and go after them. Otherwise, you're like the crazy dude on the milk crate shouting at everyone about going to hell. Like... He's talking to everyone and therefore talking to no one. And because the message is so loud, everyone's like, this dude's crazy. I'm just going to get out of here. But when you have a focused message, like if you put him in the right church, not that like he's sane or that that's what I think of religion, but like there are people that want to hear that message and he is going to be their new best friend. So you need to find who wants to hear your message, what the message needs to be, and they will tell you, which is the coolest part. And then just go talk to those people. I was telling everyone like, Hey, you could be a model for the day. I'll shoot you like it's a magazine cover. Uh, And I had never even shot a magazine cover at the time, but I have a really conceptual style of my photography. It's very, very cinematic. And so my work does look like that, but my clients didn't want that. They're like, we want family photos to show that we're all like a cool family. I don't want to be on a magazine. I'm like, but you could look really fashionable. They're like, we just like want to be in the same room together. So I had to learn that what I was selling wasn't actually what people wanted. Oh, so number one is what do you want? What do you want to sell? What kind of product do you have? Who's uh-huh. your target market? But then also what did the clients want? And then find making sure you're talking to the right people who want what you have. So yeah. how did you pivot again from kind of focused photography to now doing marketing and branding? Once I started getting traction with my own business and figuring these things out, other photographers were coming to me and asking if I could help them figure it out also. And so I started coaching other photographers. And then I don't go to many photography events that I am not like paid to teach in. But I go to a lot of entrepreneur events because I'm a lifelong student of business. And so uh, I want to go and learn from people who are just crushing it in the business world, no matter what industry they're in. I flew to Philadelphia last week. I just got home last night to photograph a client who runs an investor school. And I learned tons from him, just hanging out with him for the week, taking pictures of him and his, his business partner. Totally opposite ends of the country, opposite industries, but business is business. And I learned a lot from him. So when I started surrounding myself with business-minded people in all different industries and learn how to approach things differently, when you get out of that echo chamber of your own industry, you stop thinking about like, cool, I've seen this tactic work for somebody else. So I'm just going to copy everything. Well, and then it's never going to work because that's just one piece of the puzzle. But when you start to see strategies and tactics from 
all of these other industries, you get a much bigger picture and a more cohesive view of how the pieces come together. And then the stars align and you don't have to copy tactics anymore. You're like, oh, I got a seven email drip campaign from somebody. That's cool. But I'm looking at them and there's no call to action in any of these emails. And how did I even get on that list? And then you think back, was it like a podcast I, I listened to and like texted in an opt-in for? Did I go into somebody's website to download a thing? And then you can start to put together the whole funnel and realize, okay, well, that might have been a cool couple of emails, but their whole strategy is broken. And I don't need to worry about implementing that in my business. And then that just saved you tons of time for trying to copy something that doesn't work. Well, and it's true. I think sometimes if we're so, if we're kind of in the box and we're staring, Mm -hmm. I like to say at the tree, we're staring at our industry, we're staring at people who do what we do. We need to take a step back and look at the big picture and look at all of those who are running successful businesses and learn something from them. So when a business comes to you and says, Oh my gosh, I need some help with clarifying my message or I want to learn to scale, what are some things that you do to help your clients? I'm sure there's lots, but what do you know? Totally. So no one ever comes to me to say that because most of the time they don't realize that that's the thing that needs to happen. So usually (laughs) it's like, I've been trying all of these things. Nothing's working. Why? Uh, I'm just super frustrated. And so then then we go in because I don't quite know what the issue was going to be when we first start. And I really struggled to call myself a branding coach. Like I I had to do something and that made the most sense. But since most people don't understand the breadth of what a brand is, I knew that it wasn't going to resonate like I wanted it to, which is why I include marketing in there also, because branding totally contributes to your lead generation. And that was a trigger that I wanted to make sure was present. So we look at, at the whole we, I, me and, and my client, we look at the, the whole process from where do people first hear about you to how do you set them up to refer future clients to you? Like that entire process. And we go through start to finish. And we make sure that everything makes sense for your brand. And that means, well, first, it's not about your logo and your color scheme. Like, do you have one? Cool. Move on. Is it in your voice? Do you have a voice? Can somebody read your stuff and know it's yours before you ever, you know, before they ever see your name? Like you look at an Apple commercial, like at the new iPhone, you know it's Apple before they ever put the Apple logo on the screen. It's the same style. Like an old Navy commercial, you can spot those from a mile away. We go through and make sure everything in the process is aligned with your message, your brand, your personality. Because as soon as it starts to get confusing or you don't have a brand in there, then people are just going to leave because then they don't know what they're going to get. It's like if you walked into a restaurant and everything... We're like white chairs, white walls, no decorations. The menu was just Times New Roman on a sheet of white paper. I mean, that could actually sound like a pretty cool place. Uh, But with no signage, you have no idea what kind of food you're going to get. And it was like plate number one, plate number two. And there's no descriptions of anything. You could get anything. And when you you don't know, when there's no predictability, then people just aren't going to hire you. Oh, yeah, that is really interesting. Because again, it's kind of like when you're talking to everyone, you talk to no one when you mm-hmm. sell or have when what you, the clarity of what you do isn't there, then people aren't going to be attracted or want to continue the relationship to follow mm-hmm. you and to get to know what you have and, and offer your services. And a lot of our 
listeners are told to brand themselves. We've got sponsored athletes, we've got, you know, network marketers, there's a lot of different, even affiliates, right? You're selling other people's products, but yet you want people to stay with you. You're the Mm -hmm. one that you want to brand, but what the heck does that even mean? So a brand is basically like a personality and an identity. Your business can have one, you can have one, should, not can, because that's how people are going to connect with you. No one connects with a business, right? You go into a restaurant and you ask for like extra sides of sauce, don't want to be charged for it because you're not thinking about the owner taking a hit on his bottom line. You're looking at a restaurant and like a side of sauce is marginal. But if you think about the person like, well, you know, if lots of people are asking for free sides of sauce and that affects his food costs and then he can't meet his goals and his kid can't go to the right college, right? Like you're not thinking about that person and their family unless it's like somebody's name on the restaurant you're associating with their face, then it's their personal brand and it's not a company. And that's what you have to give to your clients. They want that. That's the cool thing about it is they want to connect with you. They want to identify with you. You know, it's like if if you go on Twitter and talk trash about a record label, nobody's going to care. But I guarantee you, if you go on right now and talk trash about Taylor Swift, you're going to get so many responses to your tweet. So because she has a, a personal brand, it's, it's above and beyond somebody who records music. Kevin Harrington, he's the guy that basically invented the infomercial. He saw somebody doing the Ginsu knife demonstration in a department store and bought some dead airtime because back when cable didn't have 24 hour programming, it was just like blank screen at night because nobody watched TV then, nobody paid for programming. So he bought up that time super cheap, pre recorded one of those, you know, like mall demonstrations with this guy and just ran it on repeat and built a billion dollar company. The Snuggie, I mean, all these other infomercial things that you know were all put on by the as seen on TV brand, which was his thing. Well, when magazines started going under and people stopped subscribing to television, because now we have Netflix and Hulu and, and other things, those companies started going down and he needed a way to keep his income coming in. So, you know, Kevin Harrington eventually got pitched the idea of Shark Tank, right? And then he ran that show and started building his personal brand. And I got to meet him this last February at a fundraiser event down in Los Angeles. And it was really cool to hear his story about how he helped his kid move into his college dorm. And he's like, cool, where are we going to set up the TV? Like, where's your cable hookup? And the kid's like, I don't have cable. I don't want TV. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, no one watches TV anymore. And that's when he had that moment. He's like, my own kids don't even watch TV. Why am I trying to sell on TV? Like, this is a thing of the past. But nobody knew who he was and he was going to start a whole new business over. So he decided to build a personal brand doing Shark Tank, public speaking, lots of other things. And now Kevin Harrington is a very recognizable brand. I mean, I guess if you know who he is, but you've you've seen what he's done and it was pretty cool to to learn from his story to go from a huge business to like virtually starting over. Yeah, well it is interesting because you're right people connect with the person and you uh-huh. aren't going to change. So the question is do you brand a business or do you brand yourself? And you aren't you're going to stay the same now in 5 years and 10 years. I um worked with Jack Canfield who wrote Chickens uh-huh. for the Soul 
And a lot of people don't know who Jack Canfield is. You always have to say chicken soup for the soul. And then they're like, oh, cool. But he started by branding that instead. And now starting his personal brand is doing his training and coaching and things like that. So I do think it's important to brand yourself because no matter what you're selling, people are going to buy you. So you need to have your voice and you need to have your story and you need to kind of have your clear messaging. Who are you? What do you, what are you passionate about? What are you excited about? How can people connect with Mm -hmm. you? And I know you are a master storyteller. So how do you help weave all of that in when somebody is marketing their products? This was a thing that I struggled with for a long time. So a half of my photography business is boudoir. My target client is the 40 year old mother, corporate mom. I am not a 40 year old corporate mom. So how do I communicate in ways that can connect with that ideal client without just talking about clothing sale or whatever? Cause I don't know, like we're not, Hey, I'm not dropping my kids off at the same daycare. I don't have kids. So like, how do we connect? And I hired someone to work on this with me because I knew that was one of my weak points. I tried outsourcing it first because it wasn't my strength. And so I wanted to let somebody else take it over. And that didn't really work out. We gave it like six months and and it just wasn't... I wasn't seeing a return on my money. So I hired someone to teach me how to do it. And it was amazing because we'd sit down and there's like a formula for like every time you write a blog post, a, a social media post, whatever. But this just translated to every time you do you do anything, you put a piece of content out there, find what is the overall message, right? Every fable, story, fairy tale, everything has a point, a message to it that you're trying to convey. And then how do you say that in a way that connects you know, leads your your viewer on a journey, an emotional journey that gets to that point. And those kinds of things, like struggling with insecurity, overcoming challenges, uh, adversity, things, right? That is universal. And so when I can talk about things like that, that my client totally struggles with, or taking personal time for myself, like any busy working mom, the last thing on her agenda is self-care time. Because you feel guilty about not taking care of the kids and you're working and you have to clean the house and do all the other just like normal adult things. Right. And no day is the same. It's like one day the kid's going to get sick and then you got to come home from work early or you get audited from the IRS or just like all these kinds of things can happen. And those are all totally relatable. Once we get down to the root of what the situation is, and then we can tell our own anecdotes and invite our clients to connect that way. So I'm colorblind, fun fact, and I'm a professional photographer. I've never taken photography classes and I literally get paid to travel the country teaching photography. So if I can do that, you can do anything, right? And and I tell stories about things like that because that's me recognizing that I I have a thing that on paper says I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but I never really let that get in my way. And it's funny, like it's never really gotten in the way of my photography, but then I go to the the rock climbing gym and I can't tell the holds apart sometimes. <laughs> it's like the the weirdest times when it you know chooses to show up. But I decided like, well, I'm just going to take photos that I think look really cool and I'm going to find the kind of people that also think they look cool and then that's who I'm going to go after. Not well, I can't do this cuz I'm colorblind. Right. Right. So finding the point of anything you put out there, we don't just post a post. We don't just do a story to do a story. We don't just Mm -hmm. do a blog post to do a blog post or YouTube video to do a YouTube video. You want to always be leading them somewhere. And it sounds like you start with that first. So it's like what you said, you start with the result you want and then reverse engineer it 
backwards. Do you have an example of a client who was a bit discombobulated in their messaging or you were able to help streamline and they got like a really good post or some traction after it? Yes. Um, So this is another photographer that I work with. And I don't just work with photographers. I'm just very well connected in this industry. She had also been struggling to attract clients and she lives, you know, targets a different kind of audience, different part of the country, but it's fine because it's all the same stuff. It's the same mechanics. And she had been struggling to get new clients to book her, which, right, everybody, everybody does that. So she's been running all these different specials and promotions and all kinds of incentives to get people to buy. And so I sat down. I'm like, when was the last time you paid full price at Bed Bath & Beyond? She's like, well, you have those like 20% off coupons and stuff, right? Like, do you ever shop there without one of those? No. Okay. Well, if all you're going to run are specials and sales, what does that say about the value of your brand? Okay. See where you're going here with this. So let's stop running promotions or you know, do one quarterly, but don't have it scheduled. Don't make it predictable because as soon as people can start predicting you, they're going to hack the system. And that says something about your brand. If you're always going to be discounted, there's always going to be a sale, then you're not really worth what you advertise. You're worth the price that you're willing to sell your stuff for. So just cutting that part out was a big revelation for her. And sometimes I find that the biggest changes come when you remove things from your business rather than adding things from or adding things to the business because you have to stop doing what you're doing to then move forward in the right direction. Uh, you can't do both trying to figure out which one is going to work because then that's even more confusing. So if you want to advertise as like a luxury boutique brand, you can't be offering specials and sales and discounts all the time. You have to give that luxury experience and like Maserati does not feel guilty about charging more for a car because it's a really nice car and people want that experience. So own that and then tell that story. So rather than doing a post about half off your product for the next three days or buy one, get one, whatever it may be, you can deliver extra value without discounting the price. And so that's what we put together. It was a guide on how to choose the right kind of newborn photographer because she's a newborn photographer. And there is an intense amount or uh, an insane amount of safety training that newborn photographers should have because newborns, they are very fragile little beings. And if you don't handle them the right way, which you're like wrapping them and posing them and doing all kinds of weird things, you can seriously harm these babies, which nobody wants. But most people don't realize that you should go through safety training before you handle somebody else's newborn. It's like, why don't we put together a guide? And she's a mom also. So like you, you know, you're your audience. We'll put together a guide on how to identify if somebody's been safety trained or like how to find the safest newborn photographer. And then we can turn that into a, we can make it a full length blog post. We can do lots of Instagram posts about that. Take little snippets from there. We can do a Facebook live about that. So that one piece of evergreen content can then be lots of other pieces of content that drive them back to the website. And that's part of your lead generation. So you can run ads to that without having to discount your services. And then we have calls to action on the website, get people to sign up for the list to download the guide, and then you can market that way. And that's how you can deliver something valuable that people may not know that they cared about. But as soon as they see it, I know a brand new parent sees it, they're thinking about hiring a photographer. And they're like, I had no idea there was safety training. 
well, she's obviously an expert because she's writing about it. And there's no way I'm not going to hire someone who's safety trained because what parents like, eh, wing it. I'm sure my baby will be just fine. And now it's a no brainer who they're going to want to hire. So she figured out what's important to the audience. How do we deliver that as a value add versus as a discount? And then from there, a call to action to invite people to book and, and not a financial incentive, but literally just an invitation to work with me. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, really, it's, it's, I, I can see why you just take a step back and really be thoughtful in mm-hmm. what you want, who you are, who you're serving. And we don't need to be an ad and discounting and saying, buy for me, it's 20% off, all of that kind of stuff. We really can add more value. And what mm-hmm. she did is not only add value for now, but because you guys created the evergreen content, we, you leveled her up forever. And she's yeah. now not just a newborn. Tra- like she's the expert in newborn mm-hmm. photography. And I think that makes a huge difference when people look, they're going to find her and see her value quickly. Totally. And that was just the start. So then once we got that going, it's like, cool, what other content can you create now? And all these different things. So we made a list of all these different kinds of blog posts and different pieces of content. And each one of those turns into six to 10 posts with different calls to action to reach different people. And so you can map out like a year's worth of content that you can batch out over like two weeks and then schedule using a program like later or planally and then get your whole year's worth of content. You might still have to pivot because life. But I think that's a that's a great way to approach trying to come up with what to write about. Yeah, yeah. Adding value, seeing what what little differences you have to um, to offer that mm-hmm. may be unique to your industry to your field, and then talk about that and create content that shows that you are the person to go to you're the go to person in your area because of these specific reasons. Totally. Awesome. And it doesn't have to be unique. So okay. somebody else could have already written about it. I mean, because everything has pretty much already been talked about somewhere by somebody. But I guarantee that the same person watching like Joel Osteen is not the same person watching Gary Vaynerchuk. So they could be talking about the same thing, telling them in you know, the same story, but delivered in their own voice. And they're going to reach two totally different audiences. So you giving information in your own voice as you would normally communicate, you know, make it witty, put jokes or puns, if that's your thing, drop F-bombs, if that's your thing, what, whatever is you, you can't do it for the sake of getting attention because people will smell that right away and you lose all trust because they know you're not being genuine. But when you're just you and you communicate like you would with your friends and you, you put that personality out there, yes, you're going to turn some people off, but that's amazing because they're not your client but you're really going to attract the other people who are your client. And it's like a magnet. It just pulls them in and it's scary until you see it start working. And then you're never going to go back. Uh, That's fun. And I think that's why we have to like create the space to answer some of these questions, to work with a coach, to write it down, to plan it out. And then you can execute knowing that you're going in a direction you want, talking to the people that you want. So do you have any other thoughts that you work with when you're connecting with a new client on how to build their business, brand themselves, tell their story that you think would be helpful? I go back to the beginning. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? What's your why? And figuring out if that's really a good foundation to move forward. Because if you saw a YouTube video where somebody made a million dollars doing the thing 
and now you want to do the thing. I don't think that's going to get you through the rough times. And this is not going to be sustainable. If you heard that it was super easy to do something. Also, that's not business. Things are going to go wrong. You're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to worry about money or delivering, or you're going to like build a huge thing for a client and the night before it's going to break. And you're going to have to figure out a way to deliver three weeks worth of work in eight hours. Without a solid foundation, you're not going to be able to get through those times. So I've got a bottle of wine sitting on top of my desk. And I look at this every single day. And it's not because I love wine, though I do, but it's from Italy. It's from the south of Italy. And my goal for this year, and your goals will change, was to take my parents to Italy. So my parents are retired. My mom's family came over from Italy and she had never been. And that was always a goal of hers. But now that they're retired, I don't know that they're going to make it to Italy. So I wanted to make enough extra money this year after meeting my own financial goals that I can take my parents to Italy for a week and a half, two weeks, whatever. Uh, and they don't have to pay for anything. And I booked our plane tickets two days ago. Because awesome. every day, I, I'm like getting chills right now. Uh, yeah. Every day I look up at that bottle and it's like, that's why I'm in this right now is because I want to take my parents to Italy. Mm. And, and your goal could be anything. It could be like buying your first home, your first car. Uh, it could be like get, you know paying off that last credit card or whatever. And your goals are going to change and you can have more than one. You should have more than one, like a really big picture thing and then some small stuff. Um, but really knowing why and having something that's going to get you through those hard times is, I think that's a non-negotiable. Awesome. I love that story. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, two last questions for you. Um, one question is, is who are you currently learning from? Like what are some of your favorite books? Totally. Oh, I just read this amazing book. I'm actually reading it a second time right now. Audible and I are best friends. I have a goal of 50 books this year. And this is number, I think, 47. So I'm going to have a stretch goal. Um, it's by a guy named Rory Sutherland. It's called Alchemy. And it's basically why do people make decisions? So it's a business psychology book, but it, it reads almost like a stand-up comedy routine. It is, it's witty, it's funny, um, and just delivers insane content. So yeah, that one, that one is amazing. Greg Reed is my mentor. And... He's got like 70 books out. He's worked with the Napoleon Hill Foundation for a long time. Huh. So they had their book, Three Feet from Gold, which was yeah. um, a parable from Think and Grow Rich. He had another book that just came out that I need to read. He works with Sharon Lecter also from the yeah, Rich Yeah, I Act. interviewed her. Oh, awesome. I, yeah, I fell in love with her. And she's my, you know, 60-year-old goals. <laughs> right. She is like all business. And then you're like, I think she's kind of friendly too. This is pretty cool. <laughs> she's super fun. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. She told me all about three feet from gold. That, that sounds, I have not actually read that. That's the second time I've heard it. So I need to go get it. Agreed. It's on Audible also. Yeah. So Greg Reed is my mentor. So I read all the books that he puts out as well. He just finds, he's like the best connector I've, I've ever uh, experienced and he hosts different events in Southern California throughout the year. And it's like, I don't care what it costs or where it is. I'm going to go because every time I go, it's like, Oh, I've met, you know, Frank Shankwitz, the founder of make a wish, Alex Stern, founder of constant contact. They brought email marketing to small businesses before anybody else could do that, which was amazing. Jeff Hoffman founded priceline.com. He has an incredible story. He wanted to travel 
and make a career out of that. So he's like, how am I going to get paid to travel the world? And some people are like, well, I'm going to start an Instagram or a blog or something to write about travel until, you know, Condé Nast picks me up or something. You know, those kiosks where you like check your bags at the airport and it prints the, the tag for you, you know, he designed that. And then he got hired to go install them in all these airports around the world. So he made a stupid amount of money traveling around installing these things and got to see the world and got paid very well for it. And we touched on this earlier about not just taking a step back, but getting outside of your own industry to get ideas for things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the discount food stores that like mm-hmm. buy bulk stuff and sell it for a slightly lower rate because it's approaching the um, expiration date. Well, he's like, well, I can do something like that, but what else expires that I can then sell? And he came up with priceline.com. He's like, once a night passes, that hotel room can never be sold. Once the plane takes off, that seat can never be sold. They have an expiration date. So if we start this discount food store website for travel and people can buy last minute plane tickets and hotel rooms at a lower rate, then let's give it a shot. And obviously everyone's heard of Priceline and that's doing very well for him. So like every one of these guys that I meet, I buy their book and I read it and learn their story. And it, it just, it's changed the way that I've looked at business and opportunity and making money. And like my, my own business has grown like tenfold in the last year since I started hanging out with these people. So that's amazing. And then just yeah. another reminder, get out from behind the computer, get out from your <laughs> own, in your own space and go meet the doers and the movers and the shakers and people who are out there because yep. they all have something that we can learn. Absolutely. Now, my last question is, is, what is one thing that you do every day that you couldn't live without? Mm. Well, like coffee is a non-negotiable for me. I make a French press every morning. It's how I start my day. I think it's not anything like that though. I, I own my space no matter where I set up. Like I have Halloween decorations in my house year round. It's kind of my day. Hence my like haunted mansion mug. Everything is Halloween inside my house, pumpkin lights in my car. I'm like dressed in goth club clothes all the time. I paint my nails black. Like my space is mine everywhere I go. And I'm not like forcing it on people and being a dick, but I'm me everywhere that I go. And I find a way to bring something from that everywhere that I go. So like I've got a big corporate client I work with. They're a $300 million construction company. And I, I help them with their content creation, social media, and then different marketing campaigns. And like I have a workspace set up because I'm there often enough. And it's like I have my decorations and things. Uh, and it's like not I don't even have an office, right? It's like not even my building or my my business. But I, I find a way to make it mine. And on mornings if I have to be there early, I bring my French press and my electric kettle and I make my coffee because that is my thing that I do. And construction starts early. So some of my meetings are early, but that's fine. I'm going to be me. And no one's ever like, you can't bring that good coffee in here. I was like, because it doesn't matter, right? It's such an insignificant thing, but it's big to me. And if I can feel like I'm me everywhere, then I can just give me. Mm, I think more people should really, number one, know who they are and own it, right? Just yeah. owning it and just being proud and just having that self-confidence and that self-assuredness that you can be you. And it's not about anyone else. It's really you just kind of standing in your own power. And because of that, you also give permission for others to stand in their power and, and appreciate themselves mm-hmm. too. So thank you so much, Mike, for sharing your story and your business tips with us, you guys. Uh, he is offering you guys a free 
strategy session where we're going to be able to connect with him one-on-one where he's going to ask you these tough questions, um, help you to answer them. And then you can decide if this is a great fit for you to help you grow your business, market your business, scale your business and create a larger impact and larger income. So go to MikeLloydBranding.com to schedule your free strategy session. All the notes will be or all the links and all those will be in the show notes below. So thank you, Mike. It was great to hang out with you, pick your brain and hear your story. And you are making an impact all around the world. And it's because you know who you are and you know the message you're sending. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.